Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jenny Melrose. She's a former reading specialist who retired from her teaching career and started blogging. She is also the lifestyle blogger over at the Melrose family and has worked with brands that are nationally recognized such as Neutrogena, Smuckers, Glad, Costco, Stanley Steamer, Sara Lee, and many more. In today's episode, however, we are talking specifically about live video and how to use that for Facebook and Instagram. We do briefly touch on sponsored posts and sponsored live content. But for the most part, we're talking about how to get over the fear of getting started with live video, how to create engaging content, how to get people to interact with you and what you're putting out into the world and increasing your organic reach. I look forward to you listening to today's episode. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Abby. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you all about live video and utilizing that with Facebook and Instagram. And before we jumped on the podcast, we were talking a lot about your background and sort of how you entered this space. And I think it's really interesting that you're just a regular lady that decided to start blogging and you really made a splash. So tell us a little bit about live video and why you started even utilizing it. Because I know a ton of people are scared out of their minds to do any sort of live video. Yes. So I have been hearing the writing on the wall for quite some time. I feel like that you need to incorporate video into your content. So the Melrose family, which is my lifestyle site, I do a lot of food and I also do some projects and I am not comfortable when it comes to editing, doing tasty style videos. Um, it would take me hours upon hours to create a beautiful video that we all see so many people being able to upload. So because of that, when Facebook really started to talk more about live broadcasting, you could see it was being pushed more. It was definitely more in my feed. I said, okay, we're going to take the plunge here. We're going to test this out. And I was petrified. I'm not one to be very comfortable on camera. So for me, I actually brought a crutch. (laughs) And I recommend this for other people. And my crutch was my four-year-old at that time. She is very mouthy. She has a habit of kind of going off in either direction. You never know what's going to come out of her mouth. But because of that... I stopped worrying about the camera and I was more focused on her and still parenting and just having this opportunity to spend time with her, create a recipe, do a project. And what I found from my audience was 
they loved the relationship. They wanted to know, see and watch more. They were interested to see what she was going to say next and to see how I was going to parent. And also then, of course, how it kind of all worked together to be able to create the recipe that we were doing so that they could actually see themselves in our relationship. And it took me from, you know, behind this blog where you see beautiful photos and gorgeous recipes and all the pretty on Instagram to real life dealing with a four-year-old that you don't know what she's going to say and still trying to create a recipe while there's probably a mess of flour everywhere. And it just became real. They felt like they connected better with me because of it. So how do you add that realness if putting your child in front of the camera is not the solution for your business. Because I know for a lot of creatives, parenting or being with kids, although definitely a part of their life isn't a focus inside of their business. So what sort of other crutches or ways do you have that would help make people comfortable. Absolutely. So I have two sites. I have the Melrose family, which is lifestyle, which the kids obviously flow well into. And then I also have JennyMelrose.com, which is all business oriented. The kids are not, they pop in when they shouldn't, of course, but it's not geared towards them. So my live broadcasting is just me. It's normally me in front of the camera. So what I did is I used closed Facebook groups. And I had created a closed Facebook group with the purpose of being able to provide kind of a place where everybody could come ask questions. Um, They could ask questions about my podcast episodes, if there was a specific topic I talked about, and they had more questions to go along with it. Well, the closed Facebook group was small enough where if I went in and I did a live training, I wasn't petrified. I wasn't scared to death because when I started out, there were only 50 to 100 people probably in the group. So I started to get my feet wet. I started to feel more comfortable. I would still get the beat racing hard and the sweaty palms and feeling like I was going to not know, lose my train of thought. But it gave me that chance to kind of start to feel comfortable. And then once I was comfortable there, going on my Facebook page, the Jenny Morrow's Facebook page, which is open to the public, is no big deal anymore. I'm very comfortable, very confident with it. And I was able to kind of work out the kinks and find out what worked well within that closed Facebook group to then bring it to the public page because of that. What about what to say? Like, I mean, if you're doing a lifestyle blog and recipes are what makes sense, like obviously you could make a recipe, but for other people, how can they really discover what sort of live content makes sense for their business? Absolutely. So the biggest thing I would say is always try to figure out with your audience what they're looking for. We know based on the new algorithm change that Facebook wants us to have these authentic conversations with our audience. So talk to them, ask them questions, get them talking, see what it is that they're interested in. What are their pain points? What are their problems? What are their challenges and how can you help solve those? Once you kind of have that, I would come up with a topic and outline it. I'm huge on outlining. Like you want to definitely have something in front of you where you know where you're going to go because you can lose your train of thought mid you know, conversation because when you're live, you have people popping in. They can pop in a comment. They can ask you a question and it can kind of take you off a different direction than what you thought you were going to go. If you don't have that outline to kind of bring you back, 
then you might forget. I have worked with different clients myself where one of them in particular I can think of is does a lot of comedy, does a lot of like the mom skits kind of funny stuff, does like mom rants. And we started talking about how she could use Facebook Live. And she's like, I just don't know what that would kind of look like. Like, I don't want to just go on there and do a rant. So we talked about the idea of her being able to put it in perspective for her audience. Again, like what were their pain points? She talked about how there's this Minecraft kind of game that her kids are playing. They're totally into it. That's all they can think about. So she got on and talked about that and definitely ranted a little bit, but then tied it back into ways that she could actually get them away from doing the Minecraft and have those times as a family and kind of tied it back in so that it had a kind of was tied up with a bow in like having a point to it so that her audience was able to say, yes, I totally, that drives my kids. It drives me crazy. Give me a solution to fix this. And she did. She gave them like different alternatives to like get the kids more involved, get them outside. And she did it that in a way that was authentic to her personality and what her audience expected. So it really comes down to like what your topic is, what your niche is. If you are a craft blogger, you could do projects on air. You don't necessarily need to have a child there as a crutch. I'm just kind of walking through it. There was actually a series that was done probably about six months ago. And she was doing it every single day. She's doing a live broadcast. And it was on how to sew using zippers. And she literally was making a project every single day with zippers live. And her reach and her page in that 30 days, it like shot through the roof. And it's because Facebook is really looking for this live broadcasting aspect. No, for sure. They really reward it and they reward engagement. I saw the other day, a friend of mine in the business space, her reach was higher than her likes. And that doesn't happen unless you're getting genuine engagement and people are commenting and sharing and really engaging with your content not just seeing it scroll by it, that sort of thing. So what what are kind of your best tools to get people to interact with you without necessarily derailing your conversation? Because that's I've seen that happen too many times. Yes, no, absolutely. I actually have a live broadcasting starter guide that walks you through kind of a way to have it set up with this in mind. Because when you go to do a live broadcast, it shouldn't just be about the reach and pushing it out. You also always want to be growing your list. We hear so many people talk about that list and the importance of it. Well, there were a lot of bloggers that grew their platform on Facebook because they were able to drive a ton of traffic before just by dropping a link. That doesn't happen anymore. And if they weren't building their list with those people, then there's a problem. So I recommend that you always make sure you start your live broadcast with an idea of how you're going to get their email list with a lead magnet, something that you're giving away for free in exchange for their email. Then the topic can naturally guide around that. I always start by kind of introducing myself, making sure people know who I am. You want to kind of tell them how you're an expert. You don't want to be long-winded, but you want to make sure they know who you are because it is likely that Facebook is pushing this out, not just to your audience anymore. They're going to push it out to people that may not know who you are. 
So then from there, um, letting them know about the lead magnet that's up there, telling them right in the beginning, don't forget, make sure that you grab it. It's going to be able to help you. Let's get into what we're going to talk about, giving them that topic and really hitting on the pain points when you're giving them a topic because you don't have a ton of time to catch their attention. So if your pain point you're starting off with, with the problem that you're solving doesn't intrigue them, they're likely to just keep scrolling or to go off of it. So once you've kind of told them the topic and start diving in, I always try to remind them how to interact with me because a lot of people don't know live broadcasting is new. So if you don't tell them, hey, if you feel the same way, can we, let me just see some hot hearts scrolling across the screen. They're not going to know to do it. So giving them that call to action. I always will make sure that I ask a question throughout my broadcasting, you know, depending upon what the topic is, I always try to relate it to that and get them to say, hey, in the comments, tell me if you're making sure that you're hitting your goals each week, or how is it that you're keeping track of the tasks that you need to get done for the week? And they'll interact. And then I am answering, you know, saying, oh, Megan said that she does this or so-and-so does said that she does this. So it's that they really feel like they're having a training with you one-on-one. Yes, they're not on screen, but they're there interacting and they're able to then answer their, get their questions answered. So that if they're not sure, the next step on if you're doing a project, you're then able to ask and you can answer it for them. I, I feel like I am so guilty of forgetting that people don't know who I am, which that sounds so ridiculous, but I never introduce myself. I introduce myself on webinars all the time, maybe because it's built into my slide structure. But when I get on live video, I'm like, the whole world knows who I am. It's good. But I think that intro piece is so crucial. And it's so important to help people relate to you and figure out why you're worth listening to or watching, especially if it's the first time they're seeing you. And I agree with the asking questions throughout. That's that's so crucially important. I've been on broadcasts where I felt like I was being lectured at and it's not interactive and it's not the way I feel like live was intended to be. I feel like live's intended to be something where not just the people commenting have a conversation, but you're having a direct conversation with those people you're interacting with and giving them true feedback, true like advice, or I feel the same way, or I understand you. And it, it gives them a little bit more trust so that when you do pitch that email opt-in or the go buy this or the go to this other thing, I think they're way more likely to do it because they feel like there's a sense of connection. Yes. No, definitely. It's more of like a workshop feel to it than someone up on stage at a conference. I think that's the difference you'll see. There's those that'll do it like they're not they're live, but they're not really interacting and asking those questions. And then there's those where you can see the questions coming in, they're stopping and they're answering the question and they're continuing still to stay on track with their topic, but they're definitely interacting with the people that are there. And that's what makes a huge difference because if people know, like, and trust you, it not only are they going to come over to your site to read your content, but when you have a product to purchase they're going to be so much more likely to purchase that product. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about the difference between Facebook and Instagram Live. I've done both, but 
truly have avoided Instagram Live just because I feel less familiar with it and less like I'm in control. And so what what are your best tips for how to treat them differently or, or maybe the same? Yes. So Instagram Live is definitely, I feel like a dip, little bit of a different beast because they'll get notifications that you're live and then they'll just kind of feel like they're there. You don't really feel like they can ask questions and it's a little bit harder because you'll see people kind of pop in and out. So what I started trying to do is actually get people to come on live with me. And that's how I'm using Instagram Live. I'm not using it for me to come on and just it just be me. I will start with like a topic in mind and I'm telling them, hey, if you have a question, I want you to come on live with me. Just hit the little button to request access and you'll pop in. Now, of course, I'm taking my chances here with whoever is following me on Instagram could possibly pop in, but I haven't run into any issues as of yet. We shall see if it comes into an issue. But it's great because I kind of use it as an opportunity for people to do almost like a consult with me where they're able to come on and just ask me any question that they have. And of course, I'm using this Primarily, I've used Instagram Live from the Jenny Melrose account where it's more like business to business. The Melrose family, I haven't really used Instagram Live a ton, but I could see it working the same way. Like if you were a gluten-free food blogger and you got on and you did a question and answer about what kind of products are gluten-free and what's not and what could be something you could substitute in instead and doing a live that way or getting on and doing a live um, Instagram cooking show or maybe people that you let pop in to ask a question about like a particular technique or it, you really just got to start to think about how can I interact? How can I provide my audience with the best information that answers all the questions that they possibly can have? Because when you do that, that's where they start to really, really trust you. Absolutely. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. On the having other people come on with you, have you planned who would come on in advance or have you always just winged it? I wing it. So one of the biggest things I can tell you is that whether it's Facebook Live or it's Instagram Live, try to be consistent. Pick a time and pick a day that you can commit to so that it almost becomes like a show. Facebook has Facebook Watch now. Like They are definitely looking for people that are consistently using the platform to do live broadcasts. So I would say like if your audience can come to know that you're going to be live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, then they're going to go to your Facebook page. And with the way that the algorithm is working right now, it's that if you are not giving them a reason to go to your Facebook page, they're probably not seeing your content. So you really need to give them a reason to go and live broadcasting does that. It's the same thing with Instagram Live. Like If they know that you're going to be on and you're going to give them this opportunity to be able to ask questions and to learn from you, then let it I would definitely kind of set that up ahead of time. I have let them know when I'm going to be live. They come on during that time with me. It is not like I don't have the questions picked out ahead of time. I am totally winging it. It's just kind of the way that I would do like a quick 15-minute consult with someone if they had specific questions. So they're really seeing my teaching style in its true form. Oh, for sure. I mean, you want people to feel like it's genuine. I think sometimes I've also run into the situation where a live felt way too scripted. And I'm like, oh, just you should have recorded a video. I would have preferred to watch that on fast forward than listen to you read something. <laughs> so I think there's a balance of like planning versus over scripting and over analyzing every single step you're going to make. Talk to me a little bit about kind of avoiding perfectionism. I think it would be really easy to try to be super prim and proper, but I love that with you having your child on a lot of the times, like there is no <laughs> there's no planning. Like not that there's not planning, but you know what I mean? Like you might know you're making this for like pancakes or whatever. But you don't know what she's going to say. You don't know where the story is going. And so how do you make it feel like planned without 
feeling stuffy. Of course. So if it's for the Mallory's family and I'm doing a recipe, pretty much everything is kind of laid out for me so that I don't need to go like running around my kitchen to get the pieces of the ingredients to be able to put it all together. I normally try to pick something relatively easy, whether it's me by myself or if it's me with my daughter, because you, you don't want your live to be a 45 minute cooking show. Like people are not going to sit there and watch that. If it is a 45 minute recipe that you're cooking, you need to break it up like Rachel Rye would do and have, Oh look, it's totally done and it's perfect. And you know, into its pieces so that they can see the steps. You can't have something baking for 20 minutes and you just sit there and babble with them. Like you're going to lose them. That's not going to work. So definitely looking at how long it's going to take. I would probably say like your best set for a live. I wouldn't go beyond 20 minutes. Like I feel like 20 minutes is long. You're probably better between 10 to 15 would be your best bet and make sure that you're really getting that information. Now, if questions start coming in and it starts going over, that's fine. Because you can tell you clearly have engagement. Like they're going over because of the questions. So as far as like really setting up, I would say like having the materials that you're going to need within like, you know, arm's distance so that you can get to it quick enough and just letting it be. I am definitely, my personality is very much jump head first in. I am not a perfectionist at all. I'm just not. I will jump in and really start to feel, you know, what way I need to go. If it's not perfect, I'm okay with that. I feel that I learn from those situations. So if you are a perfectionist and you're looking for the lighting to be absolutely perfect and you want your words to come out exactly the way that they're supposed to, I I would say don't do lives, like do edited videos then and run it that way, especially if you're really looking to stay scripted. You're going to have questions come in and there are going to be questions that you're like, where did that come from? That's left field here. But if you can interact and stay with what they're asking you, your audience is going to value that so much more. Totally. I, they definitely can see that and they can see, I like the succinctness. I've seen lives where I'm like, why is this an hour and a half? You're not a movie. Like, don't be crazy. I'd rather have watched, you know, Moana than hang out with you that long. So talk to me a little bit about monetizing. I feel like with live video, I can see the jump to the list like the jump to the sale, it just feels a little harder for me. And I know for other people, they're like, I'm not selling live on video. Like that's scary. So how has that worked for you in the past? So I employ live broadcasting a ton, like every which way I go, I feel like. But when I launch, so I have an evergreen product that teaches bloggers how to pitch brands for sponsored content. And before I go promoting that product, I do a five-day challenge ahead of time that is done live. There's pre-recorded video. And then each day, they get on live with me where I'm going to continue the lesson. But I'm also going to answer any questions that they have. We get a closed Facebook group for it. It's all very structured. I'm a huge believer in challenges. I think that they work so well, especially if you're trying to teach someone how to do something, it gives them the opportunity to be able to have a little bit of a transformation during that challenge and then see that, yes, I can do this. 
I need the rest of this though. Like if I'm really going to be able to do it all the way, really get my most out of this, I need to purchase a product. And that's what you're trying to really show them when you're doing your sales funnel, anything, your lead magnet, like it should show them that your paid product is going to be the obvious next step so that you're not really selling. When I have done my challenge, when people participate in the challenge, my conversion rate at this point is 40%. 40% will purchase my product, my course, which is a $400 product and higher based on the different tiers. They are just so invested and feel like they know me so well that it's just a logical next step for them. It's not something where they're questioning, can I really get my most out of this? Is she someone I can learn from? They have already made that decision that whether or not they can learn from me or not. And because of that, they are able and I don't have feel like I sell. I just, I tell them about it. I walk them through the steps and then I show them the pieces. And for me, it's, I'm helping them. I'm helping them be able to make the money that they need in order to replace a corporate salary or to be able to say to their husband, I'm not wasting my time on the computer all the time. This is my paycheck that I just earned from working on sponsored posts. So for me, I look at it more as I'm helping rather than I'm selling, if that makes sense. The other piece for live broadcasting, because I also have a lifestyle site, because the reach right now for live broadcasting on Facebook, I am seeing 8 to 12 times the amount of reach and impressions and all that that goes along with it. When I do a live broadcast, that sponsors are paying for the live broadcast. so And they're paying a minimum of $500. So... It's something that I'm able to work multiple ways because now I get up and I'm doing a live broadcast that's a recipe, but I'm using the ingredient that is from a particular brand. And I'm just using it in this live broadcast and I'm connecting and having that conversation. It is one of the easiest ways I find to do sponsored work. And the brands see their ROI almost immediately. So talk to me a little bit about, I don't want to like totally derail the conversation into sponsored content, but I do feel like it's a really different way of monetizing, specifically using video. So how have you been able to make those connections and really start talking to brands? Are you using an agency? Like, how is that happening? So that is actually what I teach. My course is called Pitch Perfect Pro. And I literally walk bloggers and influencers through how to reach out to brands and how to pitch themselves to creating a proposal to decide on the payment that they should receive all the way through creating the content and what that should look like to then the final steps of invoicing and reporting back with all of the data. That is what I teach. So everything that I am doing when I'm working with a brand is me reaching out. I find the contact. I find the right email address to send an initial pitch to where I can stand out. Many bloggers that are creatives, that's a lot. Their money you know, primarily is made from ads, affiliates, and sponsored posts. For the Melrose family, I make... 50% of least that income comes from sponsored work and has for the longest time because I'm able to work with a brand, like let's say Ragu spaghetti sauce. And I am able to create a recipe, which is what my audience has come to know on the Melrose family and use that Ragu spaghetti sauce to create a spaghetti meatball 
cupcake kind of thing for kids or something. And it authentically is just there. I'm using their ingredient and it's part of what I'm promoting to my audience. And the brand is paying for me to use Ragu over using Bertoli or whoever else is there. And it can work from... Food is one of the easiest ways to explain it, but it can work for crafts, parenting bloggers. It can work for fitness, health you name it, it can primarily work for like if you use a product, then you can reach out to that brand to talk to them about working with you on a sponsored post. We have makeup people that are makeup organizers, all of it. (laughs) No, for sure. I think it's such an interesting way to get started. I, I really thought that was where our business might go at one point. Not that we weren't ever going to educate, but there was just so many opportunities to work with brands and not that we were even necessarily taking them. We just saw the potential of it. And so I think I really look up to people who are doing the the pitching and doing the legwork because I think it's really easy to sit back and say, oh, this brand will never work with me because they're huge and I'm just this little blogger over here. Yes. And that honestly is the mindset. I think it's a huge mindset shift when people finally realize, wait a second, I can reach out to these brands. And even though I may not have a million page views and 100,000 followers on Instagram, they want to work with me. For me, the Malrose family was never a site that was going to hit a million page views. It just wasn't that niched or it just wasn't ever going to hit that. And I replaced my teaching salary in New York, $75,000 a year with just sponsored post income because... And I'm not a huge blogger, but I am able to show my worth. I am able to say, I can create this authentic content that I know my audience is going to love. And you're going to see the impressions, the reach, the page views that you're looking for because they're coming to understand now that it's not about... I'm not trying to sell their product. That's not what I do. What I do is I get the product in front of an audience that when they go to the grocery store, they're going to possibly be more likely to choose one product over the other that's competing because they heard about it from me. It's like word of mouth from a friend who, you know, if a friend suggests a certain type of makeup, you're more likely to use that makeup over another brand. It's the same thing when it comes to sponsored content. People are more likely to choose a product because they heard about it from an influencer that has become almost like a friend to them. Totally. It gets to the point where I feel like you're connected to certain people in a way that's so personal that they don't know you. Like, I mean, they may realize you comment all the time or like they may recognize your name, but you you don't genuinely know each other. It's definitely a one-sided relationship, but you've convinced yourself in enough of a way that like if they say they like something or they say they use something, like it's just on your brain more. Like there's several people I follow that I swear one of them is at Disney World like every other weekend. And I'm like, do I need to go to Disney World? And I'm like, I don't have kids. Like, I mean, not that I wouldn't have fun, but why am I all of a sudden thinking about Disney World like every other weekend and wondering if that's where I'm supposed to be? It's because I'm around influencers. Right. 
Absolutely. That's exactly how it happens. It just becomes a natural kind of, you decide that that's what you want to do because you've seen it or you, yes, absolutely. It infiltrates. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and go into talk strategy to me. Let's do three to five action steps for someone to get started with live video this week. And what are some things they can do to pump themselves up and get over some of those initial heebie-jeebies? Absolutely. So the first thing is put a deadline on it. Put a date to it. Just commit to it. And once you have committed to it, create an event for it. Like there's different software that you can use. I personally use Be Live to do it, but you can literally just push in from Facebook. And if you're going to just push in from Facebook to do a live broadcast, set up an event for it so that people can RSVP and get a reminder for it. Once you put it out there, it's out there and you've (laughs) committed yourself to it. Honestly, that's how I launch products. I say, I'm going to have it done by this date. And then I feel obligated to get it done. And I do. That's the only way I get stuff done. No, I have to make this crazy deadline for myself and then I'll get it done. Definitely do that with your live broadcast and then start talking about it. When you start talking about it, whether it's through your email to your list, whether it is on Instagram, like maybe you're doing an Insta story, getting, I'm getting prepped for my outline for my Facebook Live. Make sure you join me Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Whatever it might be, kind of promoting it yourself is makes it that reality. Don't give yourself a ton of time either. Like I would just, you know, if it's if it's Wednesday, like when we're recording, say you're going to do a live broadcast on Friday, like commit to it and then sit and do that outline. Really look at What am I going to talk about? What are the things that I need to talk about? I would definitely say like grab my starter guide because it gives you the outline that you need to have in order for like little reminders. I have one of the sheets actually right next to my computer. So that reminds me, okay, yes, I need to remember to do that. I need to remember to ask questions. I need to make sure that I'm recapping because that's a big piece that people miss. People miss the fact that You started your broadcast and you started talking about this complete topic, but now someone came in at minute six and they have no idea what you just talked about for the first five minutes. And if it's a step-by-step kind of training or recipe or craft or whatever it might be, they're going to feel lost. But if you're recapping every once in a while, they're going to feel like they know what's going on and feel more connected and are more likely to view the entire live broadcast. And I would definitely recommend making it actionable, trying to give it to them and say, you know, at towards the end, like saying to them, I want to see you doing this, you know, take a photo of you creating this recipe and put it up on your Insta stories and tag me. Always cross promoting, always finding ways to be on multiple platforms because we all seem to think that if we put something up once on Facebook, everybody's going to see it and we shouldn't put it up anywhere else. So not true. Like you have to be talking about it constantly. I have had a podcast for a year. I sent an email last week to my list talking about the podcast. I had three different people on my list get back to me and say, Jenny, I had no idea you had a podcast. They've purchased my course. They're in my membership site. And they didn't know I had a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, I'm clearly not marketing this well. You don't realize how many times you need to be talking about something for people to actually know that it is there. You're just, people aren't seeing it. They're not everywhere like you think they may be. So don't feel like you're over-promoting it because you're not. People are just not seeing it anymore. And then if there's any way that when you're doing a broadcast, like that you can hold yourself accountable with by having an accountability partner. 
That is definitely a huge benefit to have is to have someone else that you can say, hey, listen, I'm going to be going live at Tuesday 11. Are you going to do live broadcasting too? Because you come to mine, I'll come to yours. So you feel like you're not talking to yourself. And when they start to see other people, so when that accountability partner interacts with you, the other people that are watching will as well. It's always needing to have that first person do something. So they're like, oh, it's okay. Okay, it's cool. I can comment too. All right, let me try that. (laughs) So having someone there that can support you and be that accountability partner for your live broadcast, I would definitely recommend. Like that is a huge part of what just to get the most bang for your buck when it comes to live broadcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all of that. And I'd love to know where people can grab that action guide and hang out with you online. Yes, no, absolutely. I will give you the link to be able to put in the show notes. It's jennymorrows.com though. I'm just, the link is kind of a little bit long, so I'm not going to try to give it on air if that's okay. Yeah, so, but we will definitely make sure that you have that link for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Obviously, go check out Jenny. And I now I have to watch you and your kid cook something on Facebook Live. Like that seems only reasonable. So thank you so much for being here. I loved getting to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.